Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. Content warning for discussions of child abuse, exploitation, and domestic abuse. Someplace underneath. So you're talking, oh, oh, uh, you're talking peace. I'm I, talking ghosts. Peace and ghosts, baby. I'm finding peace, Natalie. I think for years I was in chaotic relationships. I was living in New York. I had a really stressful time. And lately, you know what I'm doing is gardening and cooking homemade food, lighting candles and saying my thanks. I love it. I'm having no drama. Nothing goes on. It's kind of boring. And I like it that way. <laughs> And people are like, what's going on, Amber? I'm like, well, I'm going to make some tuna steaks today. And that's like my biggest thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's, I don't think boredom is necessarily bad. I mean, no. I think boredom is bad if you want to fill it with like, like putting cigarettes out on your arm. Right. Or like drugs and alcohol and chaos, you know. But that's another thing to learn of peace is if you feel like you're bored, maybe you're addicted to some kind of trauma or chaos. And to like unlearn that, it takes mm -hmm. a while. But then you're like, wow, it's nice to just garden. Also, same with um, it's sort of the trauma slash blessing of being um, self-employed is that you make your own hours. And so sometimes you think that being calm or at peace at all it means that you're going to be homeless. Right. Yes, I get um, that all the time, too. <laughs> yeah. Which is rest is part of the work sometimes. That's true. You know, isn't that isn't that great, everybody? Welcome to Someplace Underneath the Natalie Jean. I'm Amber Nelson. So tell us this ghost business, Natalie. Oh, there's no ghost business. I wish that there was. I just wanted to know if you believed in ghosts. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you actually that's right. You once told me in our old apartment, you walked in and you said, oh, there's many spirits in here, like the first second you walk through the doorway. And that was a very spooky apartment building. It was. And, um, you know, what a thing to hear right after you buy an apartment. Oh, this it's haunted. We uh, didn't buy it. And you know what? I don't care about it. Fuck Ghosts, it. Burn anyway. it down. But somebody said that, like, they were walking in the parking garage and a man was sprinting at them full speed. Oh, and my apartment building. Yeah. Disappeared. And I was like, I knew it. Yeah. Our neighbor told us that he was not a ghost believer. No. So that's that's when you know what's real. I know. I'm not. I, I think a lot of times the um, the ghosts and religion get intermingled. Like if you're religious, that's you believe in ghosts. But I actually I'm not a religious person, but I do believe that there could be something like a ghost because we don't know what it is. So it could oh. be a lot of things, you know. Yeah. It could be some sort of astral projection, could be alien related. You know, we don't know what these things are. So take that. 
Take that, spirits. Sometimes I have to like hold back on what I really want to say, Natalie, because we were in like an Airbnb. Sometimes I hold back on what I really want to say. So like we were at an Airbnb and I wanted to be like, a child died here. But instead I said, oh, it's nice. (laughs) (laughs) To who? To us? To the gals. Yeah. Tell us. I was like, oh, a little boy died in here. And then we went downstairs and it was like all these little boys set up rooms. And I want to contact the host be like, did a little boy die in here? When we were at Big Bear? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. And that dog disappeared. Yeah. Oh, poor dog. That dog got eaten by a fucking bear. No more fun talks of memories. We must talk about Onision now. <laughs> Onision. What a weird name. I Is that the God-given name? No, 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 no. He's actually a man who's known by several different names. His birth name was Gregory James Daniel. He's oh. known also as James Jackson, Gregory Jackson, Gregory Avro. And the, his most notorious name is Onision. And I'm sure that there is a backstory to that. And I didn't look it up and I don't actually care. He sounds like he needs to find peace. I tell you what. Sounds like he needs to garden and make some tuna steaks. I, All I these names? I don't think that's going to happen here, Amber. I, you know, I would like that too. But I think that ship might have a sail <laughs> for this man. So we're we're continuing on with this segment of parasocial exploitation, which is the predatory aspect of social influencers. We went over Jesus Torres for the last two episodes, and we will continue to talk about him. This is another one. I'm not going to go as fully in depth with Mr. Onision because there has been a really comprehensive four-part docuseries put out about him that came out in 2020. So I don't feel like I want to repeat all of that information because a lot of it is backstory. And it's not really the point of why we're talking about him on this show. I think for me, it's more specifically because he represents sort of an archetype of predator that Mm. we have to kind of look out for as younger people or if you have kids or, you know, if you are a kid. This is one of the kinds, and he's one of the most prolific and notorious, and also one who has never actually, you know, faced justice in any sort of way. God, that is so scary. And I bet, like, you know, some people think, I can change him. No, you can't. Yeah. No, you can't. And specifically, people like this man prey on the very young. And so that makes it even easier to just convince them that they're special and that they are the one to help heal him. And you're just so (laughs) mature. He says I'm so mature for my age. Mm -hmm. Yes. So this is a continuation of that same through line that we were talking about with Jesus Torres. But with Torres, his numbers were prolific in that he was sort of siphoning off of people he barely knew. He would run through people. He would not even know some of these girls' names who he was abusing. And this sort of person is much more of a long game kind of predator where he still has hurt many people, but a lot of his victims are very long-term victims. Oh, and it's like slowly over time. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you never think of, um, like, just leave the relationship, but you would never get involved with somebody who starts punching drywall, you know? Right. It starts off with like, well, he says he has to look at my Facebook password, so I have to know everything about, Mm -hmm. and then slowly but surely, they're like, you're getting hit. Yeah, and one of the other things I noticed about this guy compared to Torres is... The ability to sort of morph behaviors and identity at a whim. So 
people have also commented that this man who I'm going to moving forward, I'm not going to call him Onision. I'm going to call him by his name, which is Greg Daniel. Greg. Greg. <laughs> not as sexy to, to lure in teen girls, I guess, if you're a Greg, is that he could be charming, like incredibly engaging, incredibly love. He would love bombs. Same thing with Torres like charm the pants off of you and then suddenly just on a dime be able to flip into this other thing. Oh, so then you think, oh, I must have done something because he's so nice all the time. What did I do to make him flip like this? But with both of these men, people have both commented what they would do a horrendous thing, a thing that was so embarrassing or so unbelievable and then be able to turn and charm them so quickly that they would be like, I can't believe... That I'm still like this person and I'm, I'm going to go across state lines with them now, wow. even though they just did this crazy thing. Is he a Scorpio? <laughs> You're accusing all these people of being Scorpios. I want to look it up. Um, he actually might. He's November 11th. What is that? Oh, That's okay. close to Scorpio. I'm going to find out. November 11th. Uh, what do you call it? Zodiac. The IAC. It's a Scorpio. I was <laughs> correct yet again. Thank you. <sighs> She's finally got her Scorpio, ladies and gentlemen. Um, <laughs> That's just such a Scorpio thing to do, but never mind. I also like Scorpios. It's okay. <laughs> I just briefly dated a Scorpio who did love bomb me. So. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I like, do know some fantastic Scorpios. Yeah. Just, just to say that. Absolutely. Okay. Um, All right. but, you know, it's just fun to be right. There's some other stuff around his birth that are confusing and maybe a little bit. I don't know. I'm going to talk about that. Okay. I mentioned November 11th. He was born in 1985. Again, I'm not going to go too far into his history because I would highly recommend the ID Discovery, Investigation Discovery docuseries, four parts. It's called Onision in Real Life. It got some criticism too. that docuseries, probably rightfully so, because many believe that Chris Hansen, who is the host and one of the producers of the series sort of fumbled the ball with the investigation. I and mean, you probably know that name from To Catch a Predator. It's the same gentleman. But also, I really appreciate what they did with sort of highlighting him on a bigger stage and allowing these victims to talk. And because of the fact that Greg has been laser focused on what is technically not breaking federal laws with all of his actions, mm. it is really important that he was put on into the spotlight, I think, personally. So I think that there's a lot to take away from the series and it's totally worth watching. And some of the stuff he's doing is like we were talking about with the Torah stuff should be illegal and He's operating within loopholes and things that need to be closed up, but currently he hasn't been charged with anything. So when I say he works within his his needs, I mean like his predilections and impulses basically consume Greg's life. His needs, you know, his 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 wants, his impulses are the only thing that he functions for. With Torres, it was constant sexual abuse, constant sexual assault. With Greg, it's a little bit different, although he does have that as well. And, you know, my predilections also run my life, but mine are mostly pizza and adventure games on the computer. Yeah, you have like, it doesn't hurt anybody. And also, you know, wouldn't it be nice to just like think of other people's like comfort level, point of view, their life? I think I was watching some TikTok where this woman said, here's some things that I do in my marriage. And it, I was just like, you know what? I wouldn't do that, but I don't know you and I don't know your life and God bless. I don't know your life. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, but it sounds like he is. Um, he is the bad. main character. Didn't you know this? Wow. He's the main character. Selfish. So the man is about to be 37. He should know better. Yes. And I highly doubt this saga of Greg Daniel is over, though he every so often claims he's never coming back. <sighs> Oh, he's like Cher. He keeps doing a world tour. He does. I but saw Cher the, brings joy to the world. She brings spandex and glitter. She saves elephants. Okay? <laughs> this guy just brings like shaky, weird eyes. Yeah. So yeah. he does that a lot, but he always finds other ways to come back. As of this recording, his last upload was from one month ago on YouTube. And it was very entitled and absurd. The title of it was, I was raped, slandered, and socially executed. So that's he what, says, you can tell he was he's a victim. Right. But that's what a lot of perpetrators do is they pretend to be the victim. Yes. By the way, his reference to being raped was by a minor that he brought into his house. He's claiming he was raped by. So great. Super pathetic. But last I checked, this post had 854 likes and almost 7,000 dislikes. Oh, that's great. I use a plugin, so I still see dislikes on YouTube. Oh, yeah. I was about to say, how do you see the dislikes? Didn't they get away with it? Yeah, you can do a plugin on yours. I like to do it because sometimes it helps with research on the That's good. I want to be like, I want to shake YouTube and be like, stop being a coward and put the dislikes back. It is a truly, really easy thing you can do if you want it. You can find the plugin just by Googling. Just so everybody knows that out there. But I say this was previously his last upload because as I was writing this, he uploaded a new video. So he clearly has not left. I don't think that he actually has the capability of leaving this space anymore because he's so addicted to it. God, he's like the person at the party that makes everybody uncomfortable. And they're like, well, I guess I'll leave. And like, yeah, leave. And, he's and then like, he won't leave. And he won't. It's like, well, you guys made me feel to leave, you know? Yes. Yeah, pretty much. That is his whole personality uh, wrapped up. So he also, when he does appear online, he does the thing that Torres does too, where he like must go multiple times a day to check for negative comments and then deletes them. So it's all, there's about 20 or 30 positive comments underneath his slandered and socially executed video and zero negative ones. So it's obvious that he goes through constantly and deletes because they must be constantly being uploaded new negative comments. So much work. It's a lot of work to be a piece of shit. Yeah. And very self-involved. Yeah. So yeah. When I say his new posts, he just put up, it's, it's another song that he wrote. This is part of what he does, which we'll talk about. There's, you know, maybe 1,200 views on it or whatever. So he's pulled this stunt of like, I'm never coming back many, many times over. And I doubt this will be the last one. It's unclear whether or not Greg Daniel is really, truly this devoid of self-awareness or that he just needs the attention so badly, no matter how foolish it makes him look. I was just talking about this with our tech guy, that some people have no self-awareness and they cannot assess the situation. Mm -hmm. Like when you're waiting for the train, they just jump on the train as opposed to letting the people come off. Mm -hmm. They're just like, but I go. Yeah. I get on the train. It's like, don't you assess and see and open your eyes? But they don't. It's it's selfishness combined with no self-awareness. Yeah. And I think that he is that embodiment of that on the Internet. But it's hard to tell how much is no self-awareness or 
how much it is an awareness in not caring and wanting the negative attention. Yeah. It really is hard. And I think it's a spectrum for anybody. He just does. Maybe he just doesn't give a fuck. Maybe yeah. he's like, I get on the train and I want you to be panicked. Right. I want you to get upset. I want to cause the scene because I think that's true for some people. I kind of think that that's more his M.O. personally, simply based on how many times he's willingly embarrassed himself over the last decade. And, you know, if he was just a merely annoying person on the Internet, I suppose we wouldn't be talking about him here. But as was referenced in that last video title that he had put up that we just talked about, those things he claimed are real. They're just coming from him, not perpetrated onto him. God, what an insane person. And I don't like to throw that thing or that word around because it's very serious. But Mm -hmm. like (laughs) to just say that all these things, bad things happen to you and to be a victim while you did the thing. Mm -hmm. That really is no self-awareness. Yeah. And maybe it is partly he really believes himself. I don't know. We'll probably never really know. Inside that head. I don't know. What's going on in that little noggin ears? (laughs) So if you're entirely unfamiliar with this man, Greg Daniels, a.k.a. Onision, congratulations. You have lucked out in life so far. I looked him up for this show. Yeah. So (laughs) he is one of the earlier YouTube viral stars. His breakthrough video being the I'm a banana song. How does it go? Here, listen to it. I'm a banana. Look at me, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm a banana. I'm a banana. I'm a banana. Look at me, man. Banana power. Banana power. All right, enough of that. <laughs> you had that on for maybe five seconds. I hate so it. I got it. I got it. It's absurdist. And like, I like Dada absurdist yeah. artwork, but this is absurdist in I want you to be upset. It's like a little kid just like banging pots and pans to like make mom upset. Like, stop it. Yeah. And if this was what he did, this was his greatest, you know, crime. We obviously wouldn't be talking about him today. Yeah. But yes, it's incredibly annoying. This is the, I believe the earliest iteration of this upload was from September of 2009. Oh my God, that's Rotten.com years right there. (laughs) Primo Rotten.com. That should be the era is called the rotten age. Yeah. So that would have put him at age 23 at this time. He was a married man at this point, but I mean, that's still very young. Was so it the girl in the video, that was his current wife at the time. She looked so displeased. And I'm guessing that was not acting. <laughs> no, probably not at that point. However, even at this stage, he was still really gearing his content towards the pleasure of children. Even at 23, I would have thought that that was wildly annoying. I don't necessarily think that was a strategic move like I would have said about Jesus Torres, who was specifically targeting kids he could assault. I just think that this is his sense of humor, which is screaming is comedy. Yeah, it's all those like people that appeal to and like I love teenagers. You know, I think they're going through a hard time. I don't want to put them down or anything. But if that's like your fan base and you're a man or a woman, Mm -hmm. you're fully grown. It's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Unless you're doing, you know, a child based show for education or something. Yeah. I mean, but yeah. So super annoying. It doesn't mean that you couldn't evolve your work as you went or something. I'm a banana. I'm a. Oh, yeah. That wasn't evolved enough. He's going to do I am an orange next. I mean, you're not really super far from the reality of it. (laughs) 
To be honest, I think one of the main things that he had going for him at the time was that there just wasn't that much content on YouTube yet. I mean, this was just a couple years after the epic shoes video. Oh, I love it. Shoes. Yeah, I love shoes. shoes. These shoes rule. Yeah. Which is a very similar aesthetic, but... It's fun. It was actually satirical and like, you know, witty and funny and, and weird. He played a character and he put yeah. time into it. Not just a banana costume screaming, I'm a banana. Right. I hated that. Yeah. So while Shoes has over 68 million views, I'm a banana topped out at over 91 million views. What? Why? This is partially probably due to users of the platform basically quintupling in those three years between the two videos. So when Shoes came out, there was 20 million users. That was 2006. And by 2009, when I'm a Banana came out, 100 million users were on the platform. Also helping, I'm sure, was the fact that the Banana song was featured on Tosh.0. Oh, that lovely, lovely little sight. Oh. I don't think I've ever sat through a whole episode. Just as soon, like, I wish him the best. I don't know anything about him. But as soon as he comes on the TV with his thick neck yeah. and his Adam's apple, he's like, whoa, you want to watch some skateboarding pranks? I'm like, no, Tosh. It, I, I wish it was just that. It's him being pretty fucking cruel to people. Yeah. Which I was just never into that shit. And I've never found him funny. I don't even know if he was ever around the stand-up scene. I don't know. None of no. us know him at all. But... The thing that I always think of when I remember him is back in the day, he did this bit where he hilariously walked behind women and lightly rubbed the area right above their vulva. And then when they would jump from, you know, being groped from behind by a stranger, he'd be like, did you see that? Women are fucking crazy, aren't they? I would break his fucking kneecaps. I fucking wish you would videotape that. I go to the gym, Natalie, and I go to the gym for these moments. If you fucking touch me like that, my leg is going to kick back like a horse onto your kneecaps and you're going to fucking wish you died. Yeah, that's how different 10, 15 years ago was that this was a hilarious bit he did on a show over and over again. And women would have to go, oh, 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 it's funny. Uh, I'm not eating because the society says I got to be a size zero. So I don't know how to defend myself (laughs) or think properly right now. Yeah. I actually just went and looked it up because I wanted to find that footage. And it's surprisingly, it's not on the Internet anywhere. But what is left is a bunch of teen boys doing the Tosh challenge to women in the streets. So thanks, Tosh. Yeah. Super helpful. Appreciate it. There's a lot of stuff even on TikTok right now where it's like gender targeted, where a man will put a pillowcase or like a pillow on a woman's lap and try to go lay down and she gets up and then he does it to a dude and the guy lets him sleep. And the sort of the overall message of like women bad, men good. And the thing is, is like you're what? you're a big dude. Do you not understand that like is women that children get assaulted? It's like a early 20s guy doing it to everybody gross like do you not understand that women get assaulted and we have to be on like constant alert yeah this dude who's bigger than you is gonna let you sleep on his lap and it's gonna be funny yeah he's gonna put his nose fucking three inches from your genitals yeah Yeah, he could easily throw you off like i couldn't that's so fucking (sighs) it's gross there's but there's a lot of those tosh.0 revisited on tiktok right now and it's very gender-based and i think that comes from a lot of like certain male podcasters that are very angry with women for some reason. Yeah. I wish that Tosh.0 would do that to some dudes from behind and see how they react to that. Go rub right above the top of their dick and see if they think it's hilarious. Yeah. So anyway, I just got really mad. Yeah. Sorry. But that's where, you know, Tosh 
gave us the belly rub challenge and he gave us Gregory Daniel. So, wow, I love it. Yeah. When Greg hit YouTube in 2007, which is previous to this I'm a banana video, he'd already been uploading vlogs to other platforms for several years. So he was already a vlogger before YouTube. So he's been doing it since he was in his mid-teens, which is why I think he's kind of addicted to it. It's been like pretty much a, a sort of addiction that's been lasting almost 20 years at this point. Wow. Well, whenever there's a theory that when you get famous, your brain kind of stays that way mm -hmm. because it is a traumatic effect. And yeah. so your brain develops, but not really emotionally. Yeah, I think that that is quite possible. Partly one of the issues going on here. So he's grown older, you know, age wise, but his maturity, his sense of dignity and content have not changed at all. He has not aged with grace. Can you imagine a woman doing this? People would rip her to shreds. There is a couple of people who do this. So they're not. Well, I can think of them on top of my head. And they're not, you know, super loved. Oh, um, OK. All right. You know what? Women can be horrible, too. This gentleman is one of the most prolific for fucking sure. So this video, however, so he'd been doing this stuff for a while. By the time I'm a banana launched him into the child zeitgeist. I'm a banana. If that song gets in my head, I'm going to put a fucking gun to my head. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> It gets in there. Yes, it does. And it attracted the same age range as Blood on the Dance Floor, which was 12 to maybe 16 female quirky kids who maybe fell out of place. Oh, I'm I'm not like the other girls. But when you're that age, you're 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 growing, you're figuring things out. Yeah. So I mentioned the shoes video before because he adopted a very similar musical style, but without any of the charm or satirical wit. So just simply stated the things he was doing, you know, like in the song. So I'm a banana was about him being a banana. That was preceded by songs called I'm So Emo, which is about him being an emo kid. One, I'm So Music. One, I'm So Military, where he basically involved repeating phrases over and over again and then saying words related to the noun in the title. Oh, my God. Is this kind of like, um, oh, God, what's his name? He used to have a show on MTV. Um, and he would just kind of like say the word over and over and again. And he had a, a mustache. I don't know. Fuck. It's going to kill me. Mustache word, word gentleman. Yeah, but he would do it right. But he would do like the, the saying the word over and over again. I remember thinking that was funny. Maybe if I watch it again, I wouldn't. Hmm. I have no fucking idea what you're talking about, but I, now I'm curious. Okay, I'll think of it. But so, yeah, Greg Daniels doing this over and over. Super riveting. But again, hey, pretty innocent, right? That's not a, a crime to do that. But in his original videos, he's actually married to a woman named Sky. So that's the woman that is in the beginning of that video, the banana video. I really don't want to say banana 3,000 more times. <laughs> fucking episode. So he and this woman met some time before all of his moving forward relationships were internet based. They read in real life. They met at high school, yeah. I don't want to talk too much about her since she seemed to have mostly escaped his grasp. Bullet dodged. I bet she wakes up and thanks Jesus. Yeah. So, but I mean, she still had to be tied to him for many years. By the end of 2010, which is after the banana song, Daniel reports on his channel that they are getting a divorce. So the banana thing goes viral. He gets the taste of banana fame. And he's like, 
you know, ah, I'm too big for this small life now. I don't know what actually happened. I, I think that according to her, she has come forward quite a bit that it was not great and it was a little bit tumultuous and awful. This sounds like a sketch, like a David Sedaris kind of sketch. Where he's like, he did the banana song and got too big for his own britches. He's like, I got to leave and I got to go to Hollywood, baby. Kind of. Um <laughs> So, yeah, there's not a ton about her because she chooses to remain pretty private for probably obvious reasons. She did come out in support of all the other women who we'll be talking about, though. We do know that she was age equivalent to him again because they were high school sweethearts. That's gross. That is gross. But at least they were both both young at the time. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'm sorry. No offense to any high school sweethearts out there, but gross. <laughs> you so, met the love of your life and like formed a bond together. Ugh. Ugh. So Sky was actually a big part of his early pre YouTube videos. Whenever he was doing little like skits with her and stuff when they were really young. So they were married also very young in 2005. And shortly after, Greg joins the military and actually the Air Force. From the outside, his life looks sort of sane during all of these facts I'm bringing up during the early years of his channel, but it really wasn't. As I mentioned, he was born in November of 1985 in Washington state. His childhood is riddled with different accounts from each of the family members who have spoken up about it. His father, whose name is Randy Daniel, actually spoke on the ID doc, really not in favor of his son. Oh, that's got to hurt. But there's pretty fair reasons for that. For what it's worth, Greg has accused his father of abuse. I'm going to guess the son did the abusing (laughs) and he just keeps being the victim. Yeah. So, of course, it is entirely possible he was abused. We don't know that. But Greg lies and embellishes so much and so regularly and so easily. It's hard to say what's real. His mom, who we'll talk about later, is not on the dock, but she's appeared in Greg's videos. His parents got divorced when he and his two sisters were pretty young. And by most accounts, it was traumatizing to the kids, which, of course, you know, kids get upset by divorce. But I don't know. I This might be a shitty thing to say, but when an adult's entire personality is my parents got divorced, I feel like you're kind of milking it at that point. Yeah, understandable if you're in high school and you're moody and like your world's turned upside down. But if you're a full grown adult and you're mad your parents got divorced, grow up. Yeah. That's like me being sad, like an adult being sad their grandparents died. Like, what did you expect? Right. My grandma died. She was 90. Right. So obviously those things are hard, but... But also grow up. There are worse things than your parents deciding to be happy in their own lives. You know what I mean? Like, sorry. Um, (laughs) Yes, we are trivializing your trauma. Yes. (laughs) We're not. When you're growing up, it's different. Also, he was like two when they got divorced. He didn't even know their uh, whatever. So (laughs) fuck you. (laughs) Yeah, I just uh, so annoying. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. So Greg's vitriol and hatred for his dad became pretty present really early on in this 
life. A lot of times if somebody has that sort of toxic adulthood and they blame their parents, it's like one or the other. They latch on to either the dad was right, even though he was the one like beating the family and the mom, it was the mom's fault or it was the dad's fault. And in this case, he's pretty much always until we'll get into he blames everyone in the family, but mostly his father is supposed to be the one who's at fault for all of the problems. So he was pretty present early in his social media that he hated his dad, even going so far as to say his fantasy world is one in which his dad is dead. Ugh. So he said that on his vlogs before, in which when you have a couple million subscribers who are very young and idolize you, that's a pretty intense thing to say because it would just take one of those subscribers to hear that and think that it is a command because he says something like, I'm not saying I'm going to act on it, but I'm just saying that in a perfect world, for me, it would be one in which my father is dead. Whoa. This is also the time like Columbine happened and Marilyn Manson happened. And they were like, didn't he go to the court and then be like, they did this thing because of your music? This is a lot of like in this time, like celebrities being, quote unquote, held accountable for their fans actions. Well, that's been going on forever. They were saying that about, you know, Iron Maiden and stuff, too. Right. Columbine, yes, that was newer at the time, at the very least, all of that stuff. So, yeah, it's not a great thing to say to your young fan base is all I'm going to say about that. No. Anyway, his parents divorced and his father got remarried when Greg was still a kid, which seemed to upset young Greg. Though he primarily lived with his mother, he would see his dad in the summers. He began acting out in his tweens and even was sent to juvenile detention at 15 for beating up his dad on a road trip once. Ooh. In Greg's words, it was because his father was choking him. But both his father and his father's wife insist that they had just pulled the car over and were upset because he had called his stepmom a fucking bitch. Ooh. And so according to de his dad and the stepmother... Randy just tried to pull Greg's headphones off to talk to him. And suddenly Greg starts bashing him in the face with his foot. Wow. You mean the guy that wrote the banana song is a piece of shit? Yeah. That's crazy, Natalie. Yeah. So those accounts vary, but Greg says it's because his father started to hurt him. Everyone else in the car says it's because Greg was acting like a douchebag and then started kicking his dad in the face. And he had to go to juvenile hall from that. Wow. He was arrested and everything. And it seems like if there was a, more than that going on, he wouldn't have had to have gone to court and probation and, and like received therapy and stuff. I, it seems more likely that Greg was the instigator of the violence there. But it was in his late teens and early 20s. So just right around the same time when this incident happened, when he starts vlogging and editing the videos he makes. Then after bonding with that first wife, Sky, in high school, his YouTube life began pretty shortly after that. So now Sky hasn't divulged a whole lot about her time with Greg. But as I said, she's participated in the campaign against him. I shouldn't even say campaign. It's the wrong word because that infers that there's some kind of agenda, which is what he likes people to think. Yeah, they just don't like you, buddy. Like, no, there's a conspiracy against me. It's like, no, people just don't want to hang out with you. Yeah, just people just think you need to self-reflect, but you're never going to do that. It's really just people telling what happened to them, and he's calling it an agenda. <laughs> so even though she might not tell a lot of her details, at least where I can find them, you know, her support of the other girls probably speaks volumes about her experience. Shortly after Greg's divorce, he uploads a video on April 12, 2011. So this is a couple years after the banana rise to fame. <laughs> on one of his several channels, 
he debuts a girl named Shiloh Hoganson, announcing that she is his new girlfriend. At this time, Greg would be 26 years old, I believe. This video came out just a couple weeks shy of Shiloh's 18th birthday. Cool. That's not a weird age dynamic at all. So they were actually dating while Greg was still married, we find out later, and when she was 17, and I believe she was 16 when they started Skyping with each other. I just don't understand what kind of conversation, 16-year-olds, God bless them, what are you, what do you talk about? Well, if you peruse any of his art, he talks like them. I do feel like he probably is in a mental state near of a that 16 age range. Not that yeah. that's an excuse, but... I think they had plenty of things to talk about because he talks like (laughs) (laughs) no cap for real or whatever. That That wasn't there then. That wasn't there then. Yeah, this was this was pure millennial angst. So, yeah, already pretty big problem that he was talking to her at 16. Not sure on exact date they started talking, but she was underage. However... Of course, that's the issue, but it goes downhill from here, friends. If I were a betting woman, I'm going to say Greg's maturity level topped out around the age of 17 or 18. As his first wife was continuing on into adulthood, it seems like Greg was sort of marooned, (sighs) um, which is why their marriage probably didn't last. Right. Gross. She's developing into a woman. You. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, having autonomy and like opinions and stuff. Yeah. Why that happened to Greg? Who knows? We'll get into his family dynamics, but at least one of his sisters has done a video with him and she seemed pretty developed as a normal person. Greg claims that in his mother's womb, he had his umbilical cord wrapped around his neck several times and that the doctors warned his mother that he was probably going to have developmental disabilities. I don't know if that's even a true story because he lies a lot, but (laughs) is it possible that could be part of it? Maybe. No idea. But his new literal girl friend, Shiloh, had been in communications with him, again, seemingly since 16, but was already, in fact, a rather successful young up-and-coming Canadian singer and musician. Get that bag, baby. So in 2008, she was listed as Billboard Canada's number one emerging talent artist and was also opening up for huge pop stars and doing tours. This all came to a crashing halt when she started corresponding with Mr. Greg Daniel. No, I hate it when somebody develops and they're doing great and their partner is just like, no. You got to come down to me now. Yeah. And these sort of guys and women. I've seen girls do it, too, to like rising stand ups. Like you can't go out on the tour. You got to come see me. Right. A lot of times like with him, I believe what he does is sort of, you know, becomes sort of a leech on their their energy and their talent and their their light. And so that's sort of what happened here. It seems after he announced his divorce, Shiloh who now goes by Lyle Doll, I believe. I don't know how to pronounce that, so I'm just going to call her Shiloh, but Lyle Doll is her artist's name. Lil Doll? Lyle Doll? Lil Doll. Well, we would have known if she hadn't got involved with him. The world would have known her name. I know. So he basically says that he is in love with her, and he pronounces his love for her very quickly, and she being only 17 was enamored. She was flattered by this attention. So the discussions quickly became sexual while they were still Skyping and he was still technically married. And as the divorce was happening, Greg went so far as to find out a state where he could legally have sex with her. Very libertarian of him. I know. (laughs) It's true. When people can name off the states, like the consent, Uh red flag. Unless you're fighting to change them. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? So and he was not. Um, 
this is what I was mentioning going back. Remember when I was saying he's dancing on the line of legality all the time? This is one of those things. He knew where he could have sex and could not have sex with her. And it's a joke with people online, but it's really not a joke. It's true. He seems to know where he wasn't in the clear legally. And the abuse accusations that have been lodged against him are difficult, too, since they had happened mostly in isolation on his own properties. Wow. Not all of it was in isolation, though. I like it when people make those kind of jokes and laugh. I like to say, like, so explain to me what's funny about it. Like, mm-hmm. So what's funny is, like, they know the states they can have sex with the underage girls. So that's funny. Why? Okay, so it's, you think it's funny that they can go to these states and have sex with 16, 17-year-olds and he knows, yeah, it's funny because of that. Okay, very Tosh point of view. <laughs> yeah. It's very Tosh of you, sir. Rather quickly into this weird sort of relationship, which... I mentioned she's Canadian. She was on tour in, in Pennsylvania for a tour for her things when he flew out, went, no, you can't have your own things. I need you. I need your energy and your light. I'm going to come to Pennsylvania and have sex with you there because I know I can't go to jail for it. So he flew out to meet her. And at the time, again, being 17, she was like, oh, this is so amazing. I can't believe this man's going to fly across the whole country because he was living in Washington. And they have sex at her hotel room, which she describes more in the ID show. Very awkward, very uncomfortable. Like she did not enjoy it or anything like that. Um, I'm imagining like a squishy, weird little penis. There's like... And then it's done. I haven't seen. He does have an OnlyFans. We can go see his penis if we want to. But I'd rather drink bleach. Yeah. I've heard that it's not the best dick of all time. No, it seems like a little flabby penis with a mole on it. (laughs) Ew. (laughs) (laughs) So this weird relationship thing quickly evolves into his moving to Canada to be with her. Though he gets his own apartment because she's still living with her mother as a teenager And he gets his own place nearby. And basically she moves in and starts being controlled by him. She starts to be so sad. Her career, her Mm -hmm. life. And so many times when I was younger, I'd be like, well, I guess I'll cancel this show because this man wants to spend time with me. They would never cancel their shows. Mm -hmm. Honey, they would never cancel their light. Well, that's that's basically what happened with her is that she stopped doing her stuff and started doing videos with him in his house. You know, (laughs) Who needs a beautiful voice and an artist to do that when you can do videos where you're like stabbing each other and and punching each other in the face and then going like, "Ah!" (laughs) which is the basis of most of their content. So she started appearing in his videos really quickly after this relationship forms. And many of them, these videos, their little skits were disturbing, but not not a fun slipknot kind of way. Yeah. To be honest, a lot of the videos are pretty difficult to watch. I don't like watching them personally, so I'm not really adding any of them into this episode. You can find them all over the place, including in the doc. Is it another one of those like, see, it's funny because he's hitting her? Kind of. Yeah, that's what's funny about it, because she's smaller than him, and he hits her. Yeah. There's a lot of them, like, him shooting her in the face and, like, editing, like, blood exploding and that kind of stuff. They're artistic, disturbing things, I guess, but it's really just, like, I don't know, a lot of domestic abuse scenes. That's weird. People always make fun of teenage girls' likes, and I'm going to go ahead and say it. Teenage boys' sense of humor is bad. It's not funny. Usually, yeah. It's very violent. They don't know what to do with their hormones. Yeah. So they're, they're very aggro. But people always want to shit on teenage girls. Let's start shitting that energy on teenage boys. Yeah, and 
it, a lot of them just grow out of it. They, they grow out of it. And I don't want to like hate all men. They're great. But it's like that like angsty boy thing. It's gross. It's crusty. We got to stop it. Except Greg here is like 26. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's <laughs> or, yeah. But he's appealing to that fan base. Yeah. Yeah. So it's that sort of edgy, dark humor, but it's not ironic or clever in any way because I'm not against obviously obviously not against yeah. dark comedy but and um, I like edgy stuff a lot like yeah. I love pitching the envelope but when it comes to like violence against other people well there's just nothing being said it's just them like stabbing each other and then that's the whole sketch see it's funny because uh because <laughs> they were kissing and then he shoots her <laughs> isn't that crazy cool so whatever it's that artistic dark art kind of bullshit that comes from young people even though he's not really that young at this point but then this other stuff comes out so he's doing these skits and then he because he's blowing up he starts doing more vlogs he starts developing a few different channels which are still up and he's still probably i don't actually he might have gotten demonetized a long time ago but one of these other earlier videos is of him with shiloh Shiloh's basically going through this sort of fugue state in the video. I really hate watching it. It's at first being described as a health condition she's going through, which she is then filming and, and talking about. But it's later to be revealed Shiloh is having a traumatic seizure, um, a lot of based on the abusive tactics that he was subjecting her to on a daily basis at that point. Wow. I'm which makes it even worse that he uploaded it. No, that's your private moments. And I would say really be careful about your own personal health in relationships. And that goes like any gender. But if you're like hair is falling out, if you're you're you know, you can't go to the bathroom mm -hmm. or whatever. This is anxiety wreaking havoc on your own body. Mm -hmm. And I've seen, you know, girls, you know, be abusive to men. Mm -hmm. And they're just like, I don't know why I got this but gut. I'm like, because you're, yeah. you're holding in your anxiety right there. Totally. And this is another whole level. Like, there's clips of it in the doc if you want to watch it that way. I don't really think you should seek it out. It's really awful watching this play out. And he made money off of this video. Ew. It's quite triggering to me. So I imagine a lot of you would also feel that way. But even though many of the videos he did with Shiloh have been pulled off his channel, this one has not. And any of the ones that have been pulled down are available from other people re-uploading them or again on the docuseries if you want to watch any of them. But what is being shown in these skits and vlogs is really disturbing. So I imagine it was much worse behind the scenes. This is compounded by the fact that this child was snatched out of her home by him to grow up in this environment. It's 17 years old. And he started talking to her when she was probably 16. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, this is grooming. It, yes, this is grooming. I mean, this is textbook grooming. And much like the kind of energy parasite he is, he cut off her promising young career at the knees, keeping her as a sort of house pet. And she was the real artist. Mm -hmm. She was the singer. But he was older and was able to convince her, which I feel so deeply, that he was the one who was talented, that she needed him. And it's easy to believe that when you're isolated like this, you know, until she was left to pick up all the pieces of herself. Without going too deeply into this barrage of abuse, I will mention that one of the things he did, they play this off like it was something Shiloh wanted, but it's very clearly coercion. He had her shave her head. <gasps> that is control. Yes. It's like taking her beauty, taking her lioness. It's definitely a, I'm controlling your body. 
thing. I hate that. He seems to have a pattern of this, of controlling his victims' appearances and personal choices, which we'll come back to. But there clearly is nothing wrong with shaving your head. I mean, I, my head was shaved when I was a teenager. Hell also, yeah. But, but you do it yourself in front of the mirror, you know, and you right. say, I'm going to shave my head. It wasn't, yeah, <laughs> it wasn't my adult boyfriend doing it on camera to me. That is crazy. Yeah, it's really fucked up. That is one of, of but many things that he did to this poor girl. This relationship was relatively short-lived. Thank God. It was, though, back and forth. He kept pulling her back in for a time. Though, finally, on December 17, 2011, Greg uploads a video saying that they broke up. This relationship, though I hesitate to call it a relationship, is harrowing and complex, and I'm barely scraping the surface of it, but it's been heavily documented already, so if you'd like to look into it further, please, by all means. Admits to the situation, Greg is also talking with other women. Ugh. There's one specifically, a woman named Adrian Jorgensen, who is one of the few victims in this story who was age comparable with Greg. So she was also in her mid-20s. It's likely why the relationship was extremely brief. But Adrian published a letter detailing the entire tryst, which is very easy to find if you'd like to read it and also very insightful inside the head of this man. If you'd like to read it, you can just type her name, Adrian Jorgensen, and letter, and it'll show up immediately. This account really gives great insight into his thought process, which, again, gives a lot more weight to the idea that he became very stunted at some point in his teens, from what she describes. There are many embarrassing details in this account, which their relationship was literally less than a month, but very intense. And the embarrassing stuff's funny because he sucks, but it's also really helpful breaking down how he deals with conflict, stress, and his own desires. It makes sense as to why he targets teens. It's not sensible, but it makes sense. If that makes any sense. Um, <laughs> it's not an excuse in any way, but just a pattern. So anyway, this adult relationship, if you can call that a relationship, lasts seriously just a few weeks. But it's enough that Greg puts out a series of videos saying absolutely horrendous shit about this woman. The videos are so bad that when he is invited to appear at VidCon 2012, which is a big, you know, convention for streamers, the backlash about his appearance is so heavy and strong that they ban him from the event. Whoa. So it's because in the videos about this woman, he says things like the woman is a slut, so she couldn't have been raped because you can't rape a slut. Those are his words. Wow. I'm glad that they kicked him out for that in 2012. That's a big deal. I mean... That was before me, too. It's true. But something that egregious, I feel like. You did the bare minimum. Yeah. And but also, I mean, like even back then when we were really, really shitty to people and women, especially saying that is pretty intense. Like that's going to get you some backlash no matter what. It's hard to believe people who didn't jive with it. So as all this is playing out. His videos are getting more and more combative and unhinged. He goes from just doing skits that are weird about him and his loved ones to lashing out at other creators and giving ridiculous advice to his child followers, like, your abuse is your fault, etc. Ew, he sounds like the kind of guy that I have to get physically away from. Yeah. You know, that keeps coming at you. Like, hey, hey, let's talk. Let's hang out. I'm like, no, no, I got to go. Well, yes. And if you go through the accounts of the women and the girls that he talked to, like specifically that Adrian woman who did the letter online, he would call if she didn't answer him. 
he would call like 35 times, leave 14 voicemails, like that sort of shit. So you're correct. You know, he's also probably the type that would like swat people who disagreed with him. I mean, he probably has. He's also been swatted, which is fun. But um, yeah. yeah. And he's also doing things like these creepy rate my body type videos with his followers. I hate um, it. Yeah. All of it's gross. Is this around Hot or Not? Remember that site? That was this is way after. Yeah. But it's like he's appealing to his young audience to do this. So these girls would send him like bikini photos and then he would like make comments about their bodies and shit. People still do that. They did that with, um, God, it's like that guy who passed away recently and women would call him up and be like, so why can't I get a high value man? And he would like, oh, that preacher guy or whatever. Yeah. He would like degrade them. And I'm like, I want to be like, girls, stop giving these men attention. Well, yeah, that guy was terrible. Yeah. This, This unfortunately gentleman was preying on even a younger audience than that guy. So this is like that, but like with teenagers, but same sort of mentality. So, yeah, and he would just keep posting these really deranged commentary, deep thought type things. Unsurprisingly, that made more content creators begin to make videos calling out his behavior. This is, of course, subjugated just to the Internet, because if you think it's the Wild West right now, 10 years ago, you could barely be convicted of a crime if it happened online. So nobody was paying attention to this except other YouTubers. Right. And but it was really bad. I mean, no one had a computer, you know, like what video? It's also just like law enforcement still acts like this isn't real. Uh, And back then, no, I mean, just forget about it. So around this time, Greg begins engaging with a fan of his who has been pretty obsessively messaging him for some time because he was a teenager, the fan. At the time, this kid had not come out as trans and was presenting as female and going by the name Lainey. Again, another person who's changed the name a bunch of times, I believe Greg gave this person the name Lainey, but Lainey was still presenting female at the time. But I'm going to be calling him Kai from now on just to not keep changing. Okay. And also, I don't want to misgender even this piece of shit. Kai's a cool name, though. It is. We have a friend named Kai. Yeah. So Kai was at the time a super fan. And like kids would do who were super fans would continuously send Greg messages online. While in the midst of all of the nonsense Greg was going through, Greg started responding to these messages. And wouldn't you know it, 17-year-old Kai was being moved into Greg's house before you know it. Kai says he found Greg through Shane Dawson videos, who is a whole other thing. Shane Dawson. That's somebody that sounds very familiar. He's another huge YouTube celebrity from the aughts. So he was one of the early on mega stars on YouTube. He's got some still like 20 million subscribers. Wow. Okay. He's been through many controversies and I actually worked with him. I worked on Shane Dawson's movie, Not Cool. I had no idea who he was at the time I was doing the stunts on it. I was the coordinator. I wish I had some kind of weird tea for you, but he was nice to me. I didn't really know anything about him. I didn't understand who he was. So that's all my experience with him. But, um, But the two of them early on were friendly. I think they did a video where they kissed or something. <laughs> you know, so crazy. Wow. Actually, whoa. isn't that weird? That's also a thing Jesus did on stage, kissed another guy. I guess it made them seem more like approachable. Is it like the girls? modern day guys that paint their fingernails that are like I find that sexy. I think honest. it's sexy too, but people really take these straight guys and they're because they paint their fingernails and they're like, oh my God, he's a queer ally. Right. And then it makes it easier if you are a predator yeah. to kind of sneak in there. 
Yeah. Um, because by all accounts, Greg is not a gay man, which is fine. You're allowed to kiss whoever you want. But what yeah. I'm just saying is weird. They did the kissy thing. So did Taurus used to do it on stage. So they were friendly back in the day. And then they sort of started having this sort of back and forth feud for years. They had many, many crossover fans regardless. And because of that, people like Kai would find one through the other for many years because they have the same kind of middle school humor and kind of look the same. Like Shane Dawson and, and Greg look very similar and also have the same kind of like poopy fart murder yeah. weird, dumb middle school comedy. <laughs> Which just, I don't know, for some, people who always say like they have the question, are women funny? They think this is funny. Yeah. I don't think this I is mean, funny. Nobody, nobody over the age of 16 finds any of this funny. I've never <laughs> seen an adult think this was hilarious. Even when we were doing that movie, Not Cool, none of the adults were like, everybody was pissed the whole time. Just stoic silence on set mm -hmm. through a quote unquote comedy. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Very so, Dane Cook of them. <laughs> at least St. Cook had a couple good albums that's good um, Kai of course finds Greg to be simply irresistible and Greg sees an opportunity to be worshipped within his home which is what he really needs and what he wants so they had begun dating secretly in February of 2012 when again Kai is 17 and Greg is 26 he later reveals that he proposed to Kai the first time that they met in person love bum yes oh yeah and he moved to New Mexico to rent an apartment there so his fiance could finish high school while they were together. <laughs> they were married in November of that same year, right after Kai's 18th birthday. Yay. Yay. I mean, again, this is like, you're right, like it's legal, but it's like, mm. Right. This mm. is what he does. And this is one of the reasons he's been able to evade so much. So there's little to no doubt that Kai was a victim in all of this. While the couple's videos aren't as immediately traumatic as the ones Greg has been doing with Shiloh, you can get a sense of the household dynamics pretty quickly from their online activity. So to me, the Shiloh ones are so incredibly disturbing. And then the Kai ones that I've watched are also, but there is slightly at least an attempt to pull back from that level, maybe because Greg saw the backlash. But Within less than a year, Kai announces he's pregnant. We love a teen parent, don't we, in this U.S. of A. This is so sad. I literally saw a post the other day on Twitter where a guy was in his 30s. He's like, yeah, I married my 17-year-old oh, wife I, from Mexico. I, that post is so horrible. I can't even fucking deal with it. Yes, so is, you know what that I'm guy, about. That guy is shit posting. He wants us to be pissed about it. He's clearly a fucking loser. Yeah. Fuck that guy. He did that to make people upset. Yeah, and he kept calling people shit libs. And I was like, what's your deal, dude? Well, I love that his concept of being a liberal is not wanting him to date a teenager. So I guess yeah. you know where the conservative standpoint is on that. So this is within, I think, 2013 is when Kai had the baby. And Kai also has a second child four years later. So, yes, Greg is a father of two, everyone. The children are kept offline, which in general I would say is a good thing. But in this case, it's troubling not to have any eyeballs on them. I know that I'm not playing a lot of Greg's videos in this episode, and it's because I don't want to pretty much. But the fact that he has children around when he's making these videos is really upsetting. They yeah. are 
repulsive in like not a fun way because we just did a whole thing on like we don't want the kids being put on the internet because they can't consent but if the parent is an internet person and they're being very toxic let's just flash the camera around for a second I want to see the eyes of these kids I know this is one of the few times where it's kind of worrisome that they're never shown online because maybe they have bruises you know yeah it's there's no one else overseeing this family as far as I know because you know Greg, like this kind of person, has isolated themselves from most rational adults. So we don't know what these kids are going through, really. So by most standards, Kai and Greg's relationship is not great. Beyond the documented fighting and the one partner being so young and being a parent, Greg was potentially pulling a lot of Kai's strings. And it's really hard to tell where Kai's real personality starts and Greg's ends. Because when you're pulling your partner in from such a young age, you can kind of shape them into what you want, which is why people like teenagers when they're fucked up. That's why they do it, because they don't understand a give and take of a relationship, how to assess a situation. Maybe I am not the god of everything. Somebody else has their own life, their own thing that's going on, and Mm -hmm. we should work together. They cannot handle it. Like, Mm -hmm. no, I have to, like, mold them to be the exact person that I want. Right. And that really appears what's has happened here in the situation. For one thing, Kai comes out as bisexual and they start using that in their skits on their channel, which is completely fine. However, what we learn is that Greg is also using this information for his own desires. So several young, very underaged girls have now come forward to share that they began getting groomed by Kai These girls were generally fans of the duo, even looked up to them. And Kai would begin talking to them as friends and it would turn into flirting eventually and then sexting and then sometimes meeting in person. So one of these victims actually came to live with the couple and were adopted. (gasps) No, adopt. So then it's like mommy and daddy treat me right. They like to put it in my pussy hole. No. (laughs) So this young woman's name is Sarah. She was 14 years old when Kai first started speaking with her. Mm -mm. By the time she was 16, Kai had obtained legal guardianship of this girl, which, look, I get that Kai was a married person and a parent by that age, but Kai was only 21. He was 21 years old. How is a 21-year-old supposed to parent a 16-year-old? That's so fucked up. It's sort of like I don't feel like high school teachers should be 20. No, 35 at least. Yeah, that's too close. That's me being sort of judgmental, but and I know it's legal, but it's weird. A 21-year-old gets parental guardianship over a 16-year-old? Yeah, that's another one of those of like, it's legal, but it's like, oh. It sh- I don't think it should be. No. So many things can go wrong there. And in this case, this is what happened. God, this is so many like dudes that are like, yeah, she's 17. I'm 35. It's legal. What are you going to do? It's legal. And they smile. They give this little (laughs) shit eating grin and smile like, yes, it is legal. But can you also be a piece of shit while obeying the law? Yeah, you can. And it's legal. What are you going to do? It shouldn't be legal. No. Um, There's still continuing to be laws changed because we have to grow and evolve over time, which is happening slowly, but yet surely. And you call it out and they're like, you're just jealous because you're an old, bitter hag. I'm like, no, you have the development of a teenager and you're grooming children because you, you, you're the problem. It's you. It's not me. Well, yeah, of course. The, saying something like that is so stupid. It's so deflective. It's, it's an obvious deflection. Yes. They're trying to 
turn that on you so that you get flustered by that. So that I get, and I, yeah, and I just kind of did. But you want to make me feel bad for your actually like, You're the weirdo, dude. Yes. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today so right after sarah turned 18 and i mean basically moments after kai and greg have sex with her so she's living with them for two years remember when i said about greg daniel knowing how to not technically break any laws yeah he literally waited until right after her 18th birthday and then basically what she describes is that they start having sex with her in the room and then they kind of just like go come here so that oh. was her guardians. <laughs> oh my that to her. God, that's so gross. Unsurprisingly, this relationship doesn't end well. And now Sarah says rightfully that she was groomed by them. Not only did Kai do this, but has also been shown to have been contacting other underage girls. So no matter what Greg's hand was in this, now Kai is also compliant and complicit in these actions, Mm-mm. which really sucks because I do think Kai was a victim at first. But I guess everyone has to make a choice at one point or another and that Kai chose to stay and do this. It's like a Ghislaine Maxwell of like, you're an adult now. I'm Mm -hmm. sorry these things happened to you, but you didn't you don't have to do this. Right. For sure. And again, I do believe very much that Greg abused Kai and did awful shit. But when it becomes a thing that now you are preying on kids, you can't really use that anymore it's now you've now you've decided to initiate and engage i take it back kai's not a cool name sorry (laughs) i guess we have to go tell our friend kai (laughs) so it does also make me wonder about kai's bisexual status and the initial contact with the girls was it kai's desire to be bisexual and to contact the girls or was it greg's how much was greg creating the person who is kai now it doesn't matter on a legal scale but it does make me wonder And I certainly hope Kai is actually trans and that wasn't another control tactic by Greg. There's no proof to say otherwise, but so much of this is for Greg's benefit. I do wonder how much was actually Kai's choice. I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever know. Greg has shown this form of physical control before, so it's not completely out of the realm of possibilities. We go back to him shaving Shiloh's head and all that. Kai came out in 2019 and as the shitstorm came to Greg's door with Chris Hansen in this docuseries, Kai has sort of disappeared. He is basically just gone. He reemerged kind of online, apparently trying to rebrand himself as Adam. <laughs> but the Greg watchdogs immediately found him and the account disappeared as soon as it went up. <laughs> so there's a lot of people following this story and they just track every single move they make. Good for them. Hey, yeah. I'm Adam now. I'm a new guy, Adam. No, yeah, you're just, not. I'm Adam. <laughs> <laughs> Unclear why Kai was trying to come back as another person. Maybe they're trying to just move forward, but they've already done these crimes. So if I were them, I would probably not show back up online because I feel like this could still potentially come back to bite them. Are Kai and Greg still offending? It's quite possible. We don't know a lot of it. Uh, It's unclear whether Kai is currently even staying with Greg in Washington, but those poor children are still floating around there somewhere in that mess, in that soup of depravity. 
During certain times in his popularity, Greg was probably making seven figures on his videos. As more controversies arose and more likely he started aging out of doing teen comedy that would actually have teenagers find it appealing, he started a Patreon in 2017 at around the age of 31, I believe. No, maybe 32. So all of these things are piling up on him. People are pissed and he's getting too old at the point to be able to pull off being a teenager, if that makes any sense. Like Torres has to wear so much makeup to do that because he's almost yeah. 40. Greg doesn't do that same look. So you can't really hide that you're like becoming almost a middle-aged person. Nice. I do like the Torres is like a French king, like that just puts on the wig and the powder and be like, I'm the fancy boy now. I mean that it, he's, he, like you said, he's soon going to look like baby Jane, whatever yeah. happened to baby Jane, if he doesn't get arrested because he should. So, oh, but this guy, he's now aging. He's, he has to learn how to age gracefully, but he doesn't know how because his brain is still a teen. Yeah. He's still trying to make the money that he was getting, but that's not going to happen online. So he starts his Patreon. By the way, there's nothing wrong with an influencer transitioning to different kinds of content as they grow and get older. It's totally a normal thing. But while he is changing, transitioning platforms and changing all that stuff, his content has remained as stagnant as it was three months after he put out the banana song. It's the same weird, awful shit. There's nothing new or appealing about it. And the stuff he's doing only appeals to the 14-year-olds. Wow. To grow as an artist, you really have to look inside mm -hmm. and see, how have I grown? What am I doing? What's, what's something new? But I guess if you're just a rotten piece of shit, you can't look inside. There is no self-awareness. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's the same banana song in your 30s. Yeah. And that banana is very browned right now. It just seems like your own personal hell just to keep yeah. doing this shit over and over again and just being, I don't know, yeah. I hate it. Yeah, I wouldn't like it. I'm not doing my stand-up from a few years ago because I look at it and I was like, I am a different person now. Right, which is a natural thing. And yeah. I, your stand-up is still really good, but I understand the concept of like, I want to change to go with myself in the world and, and like look at my mistakes, look at my things I've grown and become better at and whatever. Yeah. So as this is all happening around 2017 and he's got this young family, literally his entire family, including his spouse, is young. His content is pretty much the same. And sometimes it involves people who are fans that he brings in. Sometimes they're lovers of Kai and Greg's because they are pretty openly in like an open marriage during this, all of this. This feels like a conversation at a gas station. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Just like trash. I am giving such a brief overview too. There is a really comprehensive timeline of all of this stuff that a person put out in um, like on a Google Doc that's public that is 70 pages long and it is just beginning the tops of the details of all of this. I am... You don't you don't even want to know the number of things that I had to read to just give you this brief <laughs> overview because of how many people are involved in how much bullshit. This is like researching a war and you're like, all right, so it was just this battle. Yes, know? pretty much. But like with 14 year old girls in makeup. And then we go back together. We got back and then we split up. We got back and they went over there and they got the new fling and I waited after them. It's like, shut up. Yeah. And unfortunately, part of those players involved were minors. But again, Greg does it in a way that makes it really difficult to discern what's legal and what isn't. And like he makes it a big old mess, which is a great way to hide crimes. 
So sometimes in these videos, he's got the fans, he's got their lovers. Sometimes it's fans who thought they were just friends and that then got felt up by him and came forward about it. Or they were propositioned by the couple and they thought they were just there to do a video. Thankfully, also, there's two small children at the house in this time. Cool. One of the many issues that have arisen was an incident where Greg and Kai's daughter, the second child who was born in 2016, fell out of a second story window at his house. Oh, Eric Clapton style. In September of 2019. Mm. This was amidst another contentious situation where Greg had doxxed an ex-lover of he and Kai's on his Patreon. And Patreon shut his account down, Good. which, of course, resulted in him freaking the fuck out. And when we see a victim again, they only shut me down because they did this other thing to me. He's always a victim. Always. Now, this was like at the same time as this incident. Whether or not those two things are related, I have no clue. But... They did happen around the same time, and police did deem it an accident. And I'm not saying he did anything to the child, but it's weird and very negligent regardless. Yeah, maybe the kid was like, I gotta go. (laughs) Maybe it was like a little suicidal baby. I don't know. Well, sadly, after this happened, this baby cracked their head off the sidewalk. And after it happened, he was so immersed in his editing when he should have been watching his kids. The baby had to crawl and make noises on the window to get his attention, like, Crawl wounded, tap on the window from the outside to get her father's attention. That is horrifying. Yeah. So, oh, that's like something I've seen from a movie, like a zombie film, like a baby crawling and tapping. Yeah. He's editing a video. Yep. So in true Greg fashion, he filmed the aftermath of the incident. What? He said he was claiming to prove that it was an accident, but I think if he could have gotten away with it, he would have just like monetized it. At that point, I don't think he could, but... And then proceeded, we find out, to tweet out a bunch of sexual shit while he's sitting in the hospital waiting to find out how bad his toddler's head injuries were. And we only know this by the internet slews of the time that once they found out the timeline of when the kid was in the hospital and then went to go look at what he was tweeting about at the same time, Here's some of the tweets that he was writing. Well, A, his his handle is called The Legend. Okay, alpha male. <laughs> I want to ride you unprotected. I want to see your eyes quiver as you realize I just made you a mommy. What? Okay, here's another one. Here's another gem. I want to ride you unprotected. I want to see your eyes. Okay, he, he tweeted that again. Great. I know you don't talk to me expecting I'll listen. We both know I never do. The real reason you open your mouth toward me so often is in hopes that at least once you'll catch my cum. So keep pretending you mean anything you say. It's almost there, my little slut. Heart emoji. So what the fuck? These are the things he's tweeting out. Doggy is a slut. Yeah. Your kid is in the hospital with a brain injury. Yeah. And you'll see in those couple of the tweets, the second one that you started to say is, I want to ride you unprotected. I want to see your eyes as you realize you've become a mom, which is a, an overriding theme with him. This is one of many, many instances where it's quite obvious he has a, like a conception fetish or an insemination fetish. A kink fetish, yeah. Like a kink for pregnancies. Yeah. But not the pregnancy belly, but like actually conceiving the baby. Like he talks about making people pregnant a lot. He's written a couple novels, I would call them. They're kind of, they're 
Oh, it's called breeder fetish. That's it. And I've heard it put online and people are like, oh, if it's my fetish to make lots of beautiful children in this world, then call me. I don't want to be right or something. I'm like, no, that's weird. Like your child can't be because the result of that is a human being that is not for you to just have like a sexual fetish about creating. Can you imagine? Because then that's a whole life that's now on the planet. Yes. And then they have to find out one day, oh, daddy had a breeding kink and I'm here because of that. That is so fucking disgusting. Yeah. This is definitely something that Greg has going on. It's a constant theme. And even you saw as his own child was wounded in the hospital, he's talking about his breeding kink. Yeah, because they just want to make the kids. They don't want to support them. Yeah, it's like Nick Cannon, how he's got all those kids from different people i think he has two women pregnant currently oh and then one woman was like i need help with because i like a, a maid because i can't go to sleep the baby's crying all night and he's like who's gonna pay for that my man you're the father like this breeding kink people they never want to actually raise the kid it's like i want to impregnate you and watch your belly grow yeah or tweet out sexual tweets while the kids in the hospital if you guys have never looked up the Nick Cannon eternity shoot collage, I highly recommend it. Oh, it's really? Insane. Yeah. So a terror. <laughs> so yeah, that's not a whole nother thing. But he um, did that while the kid was in the hospital. Around the same time, Chris Hansen starts getting involved. So this is around 2019 when Chris Hansen starts picking up the story. Ooh. As there are no other adults willing to step in and address all the fucked up stuff that is playing out on YouTube. People have criticized Hansen for handling all of this, maybe a little messily, but I do appreciate him giving these victims a platform to speak from a person that law enforcement, I guess, sees as another human being because he's an older white man. <laughs> yeah, he's doing the best he can. He's not a lawyer. No, and he he doesn't understand like the social politics of YouTube at all, but he did get a platform to these young women who have been through the shit and That's nobody good. was listening to them. I wonder what he's like in bed. Do you think he's any good? Chris Hansen? Yeah. Because <laughs> he's got all these like stories in his head of like the monster oh, people. yeah. I don't know. That would be really hard. I think that about that a lot when like I'm at the dentist and I, they're just in your mouth like drilling teeth. They're like, do you look at people's teeth and can you like, like how do you get like aroused by somebody if you're just constantly like, pulling holes into people's mouths you right. know what I mean I was talking to a plastic surgeon and they said that they always look at people's faces and think about like what they could do and what's wrong and I was like what a prison hellscape you live yeah, in yeah that's really messed up yep to be honest so yeah God knows God knows what Chris Hansen alright like, Chris Hansen if anybody's fucked him write in <laughs> and also tell me who that guy was on MTV <laughs> <laughs> There are so many more details about these two people that are troubling Kai and Greg and dancing on the edge of illegality. And I mean, sexing with minors is illegal. So why hasn't this stuck? Your guess is as good as mine. But methinks it's the same old shit as with old daddy Jesus Torres, that the law doesn't care about these girls and no one's there to advocate for them. On top of that, both of these timelines have happened. The last, for example, of Chris Hansen's stuff with Greg happened in January of 2020. So guess what happened after that? Oh, a plague. A plague, a plague upon all of our houses. Yeah. It seems that he was able to slip through the cracks at just the right time, just like old Jesus, the Torres, not Jesus Christ. His followership is really not there at all. Like I said, his last video currently has about 1,300 views, which is a far cry from the 91 million that he has on the Banana Song. He's on another tear currently of rebranding himself where he's being mature. 
and oh. going, guys, I'm doing so good. Kai's also awesome. We're so chill with each other. Everything's fine and good and great. Oh, he's doing more mature fruits like pears. Yeah. I mean, he's just not constantly doing the the manic stuff, but he still kind of just goes through these waves. So it's hard to say what he'll do next. But he's now because he's been like deplatformed on so many places. He's now on Twitch and OnlyFans, which his OnlyFans, he assures everyone it's, quote, not just the nipple. It's intense. That's so gross. I could just see him being like, well, I've been banned everywhere else. And he just looks down at his penis and he's like, you could still do something for me. Hey, guy. (laughs) Hey, guy. What's going on? I still got you. Um, I don't know what intense means on his OnlyFans. I mean, maybe he sticks an M80 up his dick hole, but I assume it's probably just him jerking off. That's so gross. Who would pay to see dude jerk off? But whatever. Hey, hey, at least go to the place where only adults can go look at you, I guess. I guess. Oh, that that information is a I think he's trying to play off as a fan account, but maybe it's known to be a him. It's called Onision Reacts. He has a bunch of different accounts. But that's on there, this information that his OnlyFans is intense. <laughs> um, so do you think he sticks a banana in his butt, like a throwback? Oh, I hope so. I mean, that would that I think that gives him too much credit to like play around and think. Yeah. I don't think he has that mentality, I guess. Well, hopefully we just gave him the, the idea. Oh, God. Um, I'm not sure how long he can pull off this screaming, simple minded commentary kind of thing and people will watch. Obviously not at all. He's like... He's on a bunch of things still. He has a TikTok, but he has been bullied off of it, which is pretty fun. That's funny. Bullied off a TikTok. <laughs> yeah. So he's definitely too old to pull off this appeal of screeching as comedy because it's only funny to little kids. And he only makes songs a child could love, just like uh, old Jesus there. It's that kind of stuff, that repeating stuff that you find in Blue's Clues or Dora the Explorer. But those are like... Nice. Educational. Yeah. But, you know, as an adult watching those shows, you're just like, stop saying the same thing. So annoying. Blue is a color. Mm -hmm. I don't think these two men are exactly the same, though. While Torres seems to only exist to rape, allegedly, Greg Daniel seems to need to have constant and overwhelming adoration and validation. And no one but the very young and naive will be willing to do that for this kind of person. It's kind of sad. I mean, every generation has the like guy who's like screeching who appeals to other teenage boys but Mm. they should grow up yeah you know this is a peter pan mentality yeah and they've both done different kinds of sex crimes but they're just different like like i said i think greg does the long game and torres does the mass numbers Mm. kind scorched earth very scorched earth yes But this is also another way to be groomed very slowly. And this one's almost more insidious because it's they're so ingrained in your life. Mm -hmm. You don't know where you begin and they end. Yep, totally. And both of them are bad in different ways. He's And and the reason, again, why I'm bringing up Greg and the end of the series is that he's another archetype of predator online that we're probably going to see again. The sensitive weirdo who only wants to be loved. Ooh, but in actuality is really violent and, and hate-fueled, fueled by complete rage. One who feels constantly victimized by the world not catering to his every need. And he needs young people to fill that void. Oh, he's a victim because he can't victimize other people. Yeah. So 
you know, how did he end up like this? There's, of course, no clear line of why a person becomes an offender. Is it both nature or nurture? Probably. He claims that lack of oxygen as a fetus. So could that have played a role? I don't know. Is his mother partly a reason? Well, she certainly seems to enable him at the very least. These boy moms every time. <laughs> and I'm not blaming his mom for everything, but she has been in a bunch of his skits and they're really gross. It's They do like kind of sexual stuff. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll, I looked you, at look it. at it. Go ahead. It's just a collo- like a collection of them. You can go like scroll through if you want. Oh, his eyes are weird. Sorry. He's very strange looking. Very Scorpio. Not that Scorpios are all like this, but just very deep, you know. Pull up one of the ones where they're in costumes. Honestly, costume, costume. Sorry, I'll go through and look. Oh, his mom. He's in a wig. Nobody ever believes what you say. Now, ma'am, your son called in and said that you spanked him. That's insane. Chibi, take off your pants and show this donut-eating pig humper that I don't spank you. I don't want to take my pants off. Oh! I'm going to get out of here before this gets more weird. No matter how old you get, your pants will always see you as a little kid. Chibi, you ready to breastfeed? You're all tapped out. You haven't produced milk in over 20 years. Suck on mommy's boobies. Ew, it's hairy, though. You're not allowed to do anything by yourself. Very good job, Chibi. <laughs> Can mommy shake your pee-pee dry? No, I don't need to shake my penis, mom! I just wanted you to feel love. No, I don't feel love, mom! You're awful! We should have sex! Mommy, my penis hurts. Can you rub it? I jerk off to Aunt Lucy. <laughs> my therapist says that all my emotional problems are 100% your fault. Your religion, political affiliation, and job are all stupid. I have more respect for a slug's testicle. Oh, he has mommy issues? Yeah. What mom would be like, yeah, I'll do a weird kink video with my son? It's fun. See, it's funny. His mom. His mom. Yeah. It's funny because like I pretend to like jerk my son off and like that's funny because I'm his mom. That is so funny. <laughs> um, he. Yeah. So she clearly is like playing the game along with him. He also after, by the way, these videos, the last one she did with him was 2018. And then after that, he put out these accusation videos that she beat him so now it's also mom beat him, not just dad, and then all sorts of stuff that it's really difficult to parcel through any sort of truth of what really happened with any of it. Who fucking knows who this person is or what is real? And now he's on OnlyFans. No, I, now he's on OnlyFans. Again, this is like a gas station conversation. Like I picture somebody in flip flops buying Funyuns just on the phone, be like, "Yeah, I got OnlyFans because I did this thing with my mom and she was sucking my dick, and I had this kid. I'm fucking this kid, this other girl. I'm just like, I gotta go get my gas and leave." Yeah. Yeah, he is that. He's a man who represents a lot of the danger kids face today. If you're a kid listening to this and you're in some similar situation with an older person, just please try to keep in mind that in two years max, two years max, you're going to be mortified that you engaged with this older person. They are almost certainly losers. And they're talking to you not because you're a loser, but because you're very likely cooler and smarter than them in every way and they want to steal from you. They want to steal your light and shave your head and take away your beautiful music career. Yeah. And I know it's really hard to see that in real time. But, you know, try to think about it in that way if you can. That this older person who might, you know, sometimes make you feel good and feel cool and older is themselves probably a big loser. And you're going to regret it, like truly. And you're going to be like, why did I ever do this? Almost 100% guaranteed. Yeah. Because they're going to take from you. And I'm not a parent, 
But I have been the troubled, angry, confused kid. And I'm going to say that if you're a parent, it's unlikely that you're going to be able to lock your kid away from all of this. Even if you ban them from apps, track their text messages, do all the things strict parents want to do, there will always be a way for your kids to find it. I mentioned briefly that there are smaller apps that are endangering kids with little to no moderation. You think TikTok's bad? Well, take that and add 0% public oversight. Apps like Likey and Omegle, Yubu are such as these. So they're social apps that are similar to TikTok, but not monitors. Oh, is that the one where you can like talk to anybody? Omegle's one. It's like strangers talk to each other. That's scary. Yeah. Those social apps that you probably never even heard of are overrun by pedophiles and unmonitored and lonely children. Oh, my God. Well, if I'm ever on a date and he's like, do you want to Omegle? I'll be like, 911. Yes. Probably a good idea. Um, Then we've got Kick and WhatsApp that override text monitoring. Snapchat does it. Also, you know. Those like things like Kick and WhatsApp really provide a good solid mask for predators to hide behind due to the third party nature of those messengers and also that you can really fabricate information on them pretty easily. I can sit here and list the names and places all of the predators hide online, but five new ones would just sprout up tomorrow. You can't constantly protect your kid from all of them. The only way you can protect your kids is to treat them with respect and teach them young about how to spot these kinds of dangers. You have to teach them. You can't hide them away from them because they won't find them. Yeah, it's like a gun in the house. Like Mm -hmm. if you hide it, they're going to find it and start fighting. And they think it's funny because they don't know how dangerous it is. Right. And, you know, to use the gun metaphor, the way you keep that gun locked away and them not thinking about it is give them something that gives them self-esteem. That's the only thing I can say. And I'm sure as a parent, you already know that. But I know that if I didn't have ballet, I would have gotten into a lot worse trouble than I already was. But that gave me a sense of purpose and not having something like that can sometimes be the cause to fall down these rabbit holes. Yeah, because you couldn't be like, you're like, I can't go to this party and get shwasted tonight. I got ballet practice early tomorrow. Yeah. You should have things like that. No, I made I remember distinct times in my life as a teenager where I had the choice to go party with these cool older kids all night or go to my ballet class. And I remember choosing ballet that day. And I think that was like a huge, there was one day specifically I will always remember in my head. And I think that even though I fucked around a lot, that was a crossroads in my life where I was like, I'm not going to let go of these other things that are important to me while I'm getting fucked up. Very proud of you, Natalie. Thank you. (laughs) But, you know, also, please, for the love of God, if an older musician says that they want to take your child under their wing and they should move into their house, that is somebody who's going to try to molest your kid. Don't let them move in. Please don't let them go live with an older musician. Yeah, and that's tales. Like, didn't Elvis Presley find, you know, his wife when she was like 13 or something? Yeah, but I feel like some parents would be like, but then she got to be famous, too. Right. As horrible as that situation was, that's the best case scenario, because then you got the other, we got the fucking Dobby Vanities and the Misions over here who are just like moving in with teenagers being like, I'll help your career. And the pants are like, oh, he's helping. No, he's not. He's not. I promise you there's other ways to get your kid famous if that's desperately what you need to have happen. So there's those things. And then, of course, the other thing is to fight to get social apps to be held more accountable. And there are people trying. There actually has been a bipartisan bill. I don't know if it's been passed. It's been presented. I'm about to find out about that 
called the Kids Online Safety Act of 2022. And it's a little tone deaf. It's bipartisan. And there's it's two. So it's women from both sides. And they kind of get it and they kind of don't. Social media platforms to prevent and mitigate harms to minors, such as content promoting for self-harm, suicide, eating disorders, substance abuse, and sexual exploitation. It also requires social media platforms perform an annual independent audit assessing risks to minors, their compliance with this act, and whether these platforms is taking meaningful steps to prevent those harms. I so, like it. Yeah, it, it is a very frustrating, typical red tape government response, which is like, we'll start dipping our toe in. And you can't trust them entirely to deal with it on their own because that's how the shit runs in the government is like drips and drops. When it's dealing with kids' safety, we have to be more proactive with it. And there are people, and we're going to talk way more about it on the stream this week that we have with our uh, resident law hottie, Mackenzie, who's going to come on. We're going to talk about Things that we can do, things that are already happening and, you know, like people that who already are doing things like teenager Chris McCarty, who has been on the forefront of this. I wish it wasn't having to be a teenager, but fortunately, a teenager wanting to be involved in the protection of kids on social media is going to be helpful because a lot of these older politicians, when they're passing bills, don't really fucking get it. They don't know Omegle. They right. don't know what this is. Like Snapchat? I guess the kids are on the TikToks. Right. You know, they, they're like boomers. They don't get it. So we'll go more into depth on that this week. We've done such a long series on this. I, I kind of want to distribute our donations to a few different places. And I'm still trying to figure out which ones I actually think are useful and trustworthy. But I know that one place I want to donate is Soft Scorpio's GoFundMe. Soft Scorpio is somebody we brought up several uh, episodes back who was a formerly vlogged child who has been speaking out about their experiences with the trauma of their mother sharing everything about them online. And they are going through their own personal struggles now and, and could use some help. So we're going to donate to Soft Scorpio's GoFundMe and we will give you the links for that on socials. I will also announce two more organizations that we're going to donate to this week. I really want to do my due diligence on, on looking. I don't want to just name a name. And I'm still kind of researching which organizations I feel like are actually making efforts to change some of the uh, environments online. So yeah, I will post that on our, our social media. The Internet's like, oh, we've created an animal in this lab. And then now the animal is having a thought of its own. And it's starting to break out of the lab and it's starting to hurt people, but we don't understand what it is. And should it be contained? Mm -hmm. That's a, that's what the Internet is. Yeah, for sure. And I think ultimately, just like any wild animal, it has many different facets to it. And there are really good things about it and really dangerous things about it. Yeah. And we have to learn how to respect it and protect the most vulnerable. From yeah. It. So that's. The end of the series. Um, Get out of here, soft Scorpio. Good Scorpio. Yeah. And we will. We're getting towards the end of this season. I can't believe it. Wow. We got some more series left that we're, we're getting close. But during our break, we're also going to be doing some other stuff with uh, streaming and stuff like that, too. So we, we're not going anywhere. Yeah, we'll be here. I hope everybody out there is doing well, protecting themselves from the Onisians of the world. <laughs> And uh, we'll be back with something else next time. I'm Natalie Jean. You can follow me at The Natty Jean. You can follow the show at Someplace Underneath. I'm Amber Smelson. And please remember to always stay saucy, pert, and gracie regardless of these fools. Bye. Hey.
This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com.